Father, we praise your name. God, we lift you on high because of who you are. Jesus, I just pray that you would move today. Father, that you would continue to move in our hearts and our minds. Lord, allow us to engage with you on a deeper level, God. Father, allow us to be captivated by your goodness. Allow us to step into all that you have for us, God. Today, Lord. Father, as you speak in Psalm 91, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler snare, from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrows that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes. Lord, you have us. In any struggle that we're going through today, Father, you have us. So, Lord, I pray that you would move in our hearts and our minds. Allow us to be drawn into your refuge, God. Lord, I pray that as we step closer to you, that our faith wouldn't be emboldened, and that our love for others would grow. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. I love y'all. How is everybody doing this afternoon? If you're in the ET time zone, or really, I think you know, it covers a couple time zones where you'd be in the afternoon as well. But I appreciate you guys coming in, hanging out, being a part of today's services. It means the world to me. Uh, I know you could be doing anything you would like for your Saturday, but you choose to be here. You choose to be celebrating and lifting up God with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's a beautiful thing to me. Um, you know, I say it all the time, but we gather around two things, right? Or we gather around one thing. We gather around the fact that we are, we have a unique similarity, right? We have a unique common interest and that is gaming. Right? That's why most of us are here. Some of you might have found us from other reasons, but for the most part, we've come together because we are gamers. And I say it this way for God's wide churches, we've come around this campfire that is gaming, but we're surrounded by something so much greater and that is God. And uh, those are the two things that we kind of, uh, we think about, or I think about when I think about God's wide church. I think about our love for gaming and then how that translates into being able to see being able to see it transcended into helping us grow in our relationship with God. And so um as we dive in today, 
uh, into a sermon that I am titling IRL Power Up. Uh, I hope that you get something out of it. I hope that it moves your heart. And most of all, I just hope that God gets all the glory and honor for everything that we talk about today and that you're moved. If all you do is come into church and listen, and that's all you do week after week, then I would tell you that you're not a part of the church. You're watching the church because the church is a moving entity. Uh, it lives and breathes. It is a community. It is the heartbeat of God. And if it's not causing you to move, there's an issue. And so I pray that uh, my words spoken today might get you to move, not because it's motivational, but because it's movement worthy. All right. I want to jump into it today. We're going to go through Luke 4, 31 through 44. Um, and as we do, when we're talking through Luke, we've been in this series for a while and we'll continue to be, we're going to continue to dive through the book of Luke, um, which I, I guess it doesn't really matter how long it takes, right? Like it, it's the word of God, which is awesome. And so um, I'm excited for it. It's been so cool to watch so many other faces come and preach to messages through Luke and just seeing us all stretch in our faith. And sometimes it's hard, man. It's, it's hard to get in line and come in a, a unifying way when we're going through and, and we're kind of being um, funneled into this, this form, right, of like going through the book of Luke. But what I've seen over the last uh, few weeks is that God is anointing it. And he is using each and every person to speak a very different message um, that I think is timely and so effective for your life. And so that's been a beautiful thing, too. But yeah, so today we're in Luke 4, 31 through 44. But before we dive into that, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about my gaming experience as a kid. So I remember the first time holding a controller in my hand. I was about three or four years old, and I was in a shelter. And I was on the edge of a bed. I can remember literally I was laying on my belly and my face because the way that the shelter was is you would walk through the door of the shelter uh, like um, I don't even know what it was called, like a one bedroom thing. And you'd walk through the door and our bed was right next to the door. And then the bed would go all the way up to the end of this like two uh, sided dresser. And on top of that dresser was this little TV. And on that bed, laying down, was three or four-year-old TJ in daylight, <laughs> starting his love for video games. Uh, and I can remember specifically playing Battletoads and Double Dragon. All right? So it must have been on the SNES um, or the – yeah, SNES. And, and that is my first vivid memory of gaming. But later on, I got into some other uh, some other games, as you may know, a popular title. I know this, uh, this some of you might not know it um, because it's very fringe, but you know the, the series, um, you know, Super Mario Brothers, right? Like, I know, I know a lot of you probably don't have any idea what I'm talking about. Um, it's, it's pretty fringe, but Super Mario Brothers came into my life at a certain point, and, and I was obsessed with the power-ups that you could get inside Super Mario Brothers. Um, whether it be like the little raccoon tail that would like, let me fly. Like, I thought that was the sickest thing in the world. I thought it was so cool. Or it'd be like a, a red mushroom to be able to, you know, become, you know, stronger and bigger and, and, you know, be able to take another, another hit before you, you know, you got, you got small again. <laughs> if I was small, it was a KO. It was not a good day. Like I was dying to a Goomba. It didn't matter. All right. But so when I was chasing after these different things, right, what was the, the raccoon was like a feather, right? Which was so strange. 
get the raccoon tail from a feather, whatever. And so anyway, I just remember chasing after these power-ups and being enamored by the idea of getting stronger about like th that idea of like progressing, like, like I'm becoming the champion, right? But there was one trump card in all of Mario. Put it in the chat if you know what it is right before I say it, all right? What was the trump card power-up in Mario? What was the trump card? Let's see if anybody gets it here. Let's go. Spam it, spam it, spam it. I'm sure some of you are getting it. I'm sure some of you, someone here knows what I'm talking about. But it has been known as the superstar or the invincibility star. All right? And I mean, that thing would come on screen and it would be glowing and bouncing, but it was always running away from you, right? It was like you were like chasing after this star until you started memorizing the levels and you knew where it dropped and you know, or you knew what thing to, to hit so that the other thing, yeah, you know what I mean. And so the superstar, though, was like the precipice of power, right? It was, it was power in and of itself. It literally made it so you couldn't die, right? I would just be walking through Goombas. I'd be slaying, flying, looking turtle people. Like, you know, it'd be easy. And so it was always the chase for that thing. I mean, I would chase it so hard that oftentimes I would find myself like flinging my body at it and I would drop down the inevitable sinkhole in the earth and, and fall to my death chasing after that. I can remember time after time, like it was like in a fixation, like I had to get the star. I had to grab that thing. And I was thinking when I was crafting this sermon of like, why was I so obsessed with jumping after the star? And at first light or first thought, you might be like, oh, because it made you powerful. Uh, because it, ma it made you unstoppable because it, and all those are like, yes, for sure. Like that, that's, that was one of the reasons I definitely was going after it, but it's because it opened up possibility. Getting that superstar in Mario allowed you to progress further than maybe you ever would have without it and to be able to do it faster than you ever would have without it, without it. And that star became an open door for me to be able to do far greater things than I thought I was capable of. And as a Christian, I think that when we are pursuing anything, it shouldn't be for this idea of like, there's a, there's a character, Simon the Sorcerer, in the book of Acts, who he was chasing power because he wanted to be powerful. He wasn't doing it because he wanted to help people. He wasn't doing it because he wanted to glorify God. He was chasing after this power because he knew it would help him and bolster him up and allow him to be the example and the, 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 the forefront for glory. But the truth is, is when a Christian seeks after power, seeks after authority, it should be in the light of understanding the freedom that we can bring in that through Jesus. And also the glory that we can bring to the Lord. And I think if we can capture that, it changes so many things about how we operate and how we see ourselves inside of the realm and kingdom of God. 
All right, let's jump into Luke 4. Luke 4, 31 through 44. We're going to read through it first, and then we'll do the breakdown. That's kind of how I've been doing my thing. I'll do, I'll do the, the clean read and then the breakdown. All right, here we go. So driving out an unclean spirit. Excuse me for a second. Um, driving out an unclean spirit. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. They were astonished at his teaching because his message had authority. Remember that. We're going to get back to that. In the synagogue, there was a man with an unclean demonic spirit who cried out with a loud voice, leave us alone. What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him and said, be silent and come out of him. And throwing him down before him, the demon came out of him without hurting him at all. It's important. In verse 36, amazement came over them all. And they, as they were saying to one another, what is this message? For he commands the unclean spirits with authority and power. And they come out. And news about him began to go out to every place in the vicinity. In verse 38, after he left the synagogue, he entered Simon's house. And Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. And they asked him about her. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever and left her. She got up and immediately began to serve them. And when the sun was setting, all those who had anyone sick with various diseases brought them to him. As he laid his hand on each one of them, he healed them. Also, demons were coming out of many, shouting and saying, You are the Son of God! But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew he was the Messiah. When it was day, he went out and made his way to his deserted place. But the crowds were searching for him. They came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, It is necessary for me to proclaim the good news about the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. All right, a lot of scripture to get through and kind of break down, but this is a pretty insane thought process, right? Like today in our everyday lives, we're not thinking about this often. I'm going to be dead honest with you guys. I don't think about demonic possession, and I don't think about people being healed all the time. It's just not the first thing that comes to my mind. It's not something that I face daily. Now, I have had some stories over my life for what one of my mentors would call for the believing believers, um, where I have run into certain situations. I have run into, into certain events in my life where I've seen these things come to fruition. I have seen demonic possessed people. I have at the same time seen those that were broken be healed. And in every one of those stories, God gets the glory. It's his win. But for me, I don't live in that moment all the time. Right? That's like when, when God would come, come, come speak to my heart and, you know, have uh, me walk in, in a certain gift, whatever that may be. 
that was for that time and that place. And I was going to walk in that gift every single time he wanted me to. But it wasn't something I constantly thought about. And so I, I have like a question, I guess, in of myself is, is it something that I should be thinking about more? Should I be thinking about that idea of that power and that authority and thinking about it more? And so as we jump back into verse 31 here, it says, Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. Now, is that work? Him teaching? I'm just saying. <laughs> they were established. Or they were astonished. They were established. They were astonished at his teaching because his message had authority. That word authority in the Greek is the word exousia. Say it with me, chat. Exousia. It means authority. And a lot of times people will say that that word also can fill in for the word power. And so the word authority could mean power or it could mean fill in the blank. And that fill in the blank is to occupy a position of superiority. I'm going to debunk the fact that I believe that the word exousia is used for power. I don't believe it is. And I think that the scripture alone kind of illuminates that. Because if we continue down, it says in the synagogues, there was a man in the synagogue. There was a man with an unclean demonic spirit who cried out with a loud voice. And he goes through and he says, are you here to destroy us, the Holy One of God? And you can see that the, the demonic even recognized he was the Messiah. They could see the authority he was walking in. And if we jump down to verse 36, it says, amazement came over them all. And they were saying to one another, what is this message? For he commands the unclean spirits with authority and power. It wouldn't make a lot of sense if, if that scripture verse was translated, he commands the unclean spirits with power and power. So in, that, in, in this verse, and in our ability to break down the scripture to what it actually means so that we can grasp what the Lord is saying here, we have to differentiate what it means to have authority and what it means to have power. See, there's a difference between the two. And a very vast difference, and they mean very different things. Because, see, if you have authority, that means you have the right to walk into that room. Think about it, like if, if presidents were having, you know, the president was having a meeting with his brother, like, I can't just walk into that room. I don't have the authority. Now, there's a possibility I could swing power in order to get myself in that room. Like, like there's, there's some, some gray area there, but... For the most part, I don't have the authority to walk in that room. I do not have the position of superiority to be in that room, to occupy that space. And so I believe authority gives you the right to walk into that room. And power gives you the ability To, to almost win the room, if that makes sense. And so when you're playing like Super Mario and you're, you're going through the levels, what gives you the authority to go on to the next level? 
What gives you the play state to go to the next level? Well, it's the fact that you gained the authority, right, from defeating the last level. In Super Mario, you're not often like powered up, like right. You're not you're not gaining stats as you go through the levels. You might have different power ups and things on you, but you're not gaining stats. You're just going through the levels, and so your last win, your last level, gave you the authority to go to the next. But the power ups in that level allow you to defeat it, right? That's what allows you to walk with it with ease, walk in it with ease. And the reason I want to make this differentiation so badly is because we need to understand as Christians that there's a difference between authority and power. And you can actually go through your entire Christian walk and never walk in the full power of Christ. Never use giftings. Never like, and and I'm going to tell you, you're not going to live a fulfilled life, but you can do it. You can be the guy who shows up to church every week and sits there and lurks in the chat and never says a word and then goes along your way and does your, does your week. And I'm guaranteeing you, I'm not guaranteeing you, that would be a bad word to use. You still have the grace of God in your life. You're still marked. Right? You're still going to go be with Jesus. But if you never step into that power, right? You got the ability. When you said, Jesus, come into my heart, Lord, you know, forgive me of my sins and, and who I used to be. I want to follow after you. When you said that, you got the authority. You got the authority to be a part of God's world. Now you can live in that relationship with him. But Christian, there's a there's an, a, another step that some of you aren't living. And that's walking in that power that God also has for you. So you have the authority when you say, Jesus, come into my heart. But then the Holy Spirit comes to live in you and you have the ability to walk in his power. And that power is seen throughout the Bible doing so many different miracles. And it's interesting that Jesus said, you know, it's it's great that I was with you guys. Like, like before he's ascending to heaven, like he's telling the apostles, like, hey, it's, it's awesome that I was able to be here. But like, trust me, just wait. Like, it's going to get crazy. Because the apostles were doing some pretty crazy, amazing things in, in Jesus' name. But Jesus says, you know what? The words that you're speaking, that my, my name, it's going to come to live within you when I leave. And when I leave, I'm going to send a helper, the Holy Spirit. And he's going to come live within you and you're going to walk in power and authority. So just because you walk in authority doesn't mean you have power. Just because I made it to the next level doesn't mean I have the invincibility star, the superstar. And I'll probably be fine making it through the next level. Like, I don't need it necessarily, right? I could probably run through all of the Mario levels as the little guy. And I'd probably be fine. If I tried hard enough and I, you know. But I would have never lived my life to the fullness 
living out the purpose God had for me if I didn't learn to walk in his power. See, authority gives you the clearance to be on the secret level, right? It gives you that secret level clearance. Power doesn't do that. Power equips you and allows you to have the weapon you need, the power up you need to defeat the level either differently or in a better, uh, a better pathway, more efficiently. And honestly, it allows you to walk through life with a little, little less cumbersome, a little less weight on your shoulders, maybe. Maybe it makes the days a little easier. We jump down to verse 38. After he left the synagogue, he entered Simon's house. Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. And they asked him about her, so he stood up and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up immediately and began to serve them. Freedom comes when you walk in power. You have the ability to bring freedom to people's situation. And it's interesting that Jesus didn't just bring freedom to this woman and then she go about her merry way. She brought freedom to someone. He brought freedom to someone. And then she was able to get up and serve. When we walk in the power of God, we have the ability to bring freedom. I find that interesting. And when the sun was setting, all those who had anyone sick with various diseases brought them to him. And now did he not only bring freedom to one person, but because he was walking in that authority and power, he was in the space that he was able, he was able to occupy that, occupy that space of authority, of superiority. And he was able to bring the weapon that was to defeat their enemies. It drew people to him. They saw something in him that was different. If we walk around as Christians, always defeated and powerless and purposeless, do you think people are going to be interested in what you have to say to them? It's real, guys. It's. I'm not saying you can't have bad days. I'm not saying that you... That you can't go through hard things. What I'm saying is if you're always walking around defeated and powerless and looking like you have no purpose in life, do you think other people are going to be interested in what you have? Because honestly, I, I wouldn't be drawn to that. Like, I'm not going to go seek out advice. from the kid that never exercises about exercise, right? Or even worse so, like, the person that is, like, adamantly against exercise and they're always, you know, sick and, and frail and they have a hard time. We're like, 
I'm not going to go to them and be like, hey, man, could you hook me up and tell me how to, how to achieve success physically? I'm just being honest. I'm not going to go to the person that, that doesn't have it figured out to figure it out. And I think so many people and so many of us walk through this world powerless. And not because it's not there. Not because the star isn't falling from the sky, but instead of catching the star, we're like dodging it. Or we're chasing after it for the wrong reasons. As he laid, as he laid his hands on each one of them, he healed them. Also, demons were coming out of many, shouting and saying, You are the Son of God. And he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Messiah. It's interesting that even the religious people denied that Jesus was the Messiah, like immediately. There was actually like their first thought of seeing Jesus do the miracles of God was he has to be a bad person. But when the evil one and his minions, demons would see the son of God, they'd be like, oh, he's the Messiah. Like, like how backwards do we have to be sometimes to take the blinders off that we have? And not be able to see truly what God has. Right? We get so stuck in our ways. We get so blinded by religion sometimes. Religiosity. Living in dogmatic ways. Things that are apart from what God has for you. Things that we put on ourselves. That we've created blinders that don't allow us to see maybe when Jesus is working. Like even the demons recognized he was the Messiah. And the most religious, holy people of that time couldn't figure that out. When it was day, he went out and made his way to deserted places. I want to hit that for a second. Every single time that Jesus does something great, guess what he does? Every single time he expends power, right? Every single time he expends his energy, he doesn't just keep going on. He will retract Healing all these people, healing all these people, all these people healed. And then he goes, I need to be refilled. So he pulls himself back from the crowds and he will retract. And you'll see him often go 40 days and 40 nights fasting. Like he will legitimately pull himself away from everyone and become isolated alone with him and God. And this is very, 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 very important. For us to understand as believers, as people that might be passionate about moving in ministry. If you are not being recharged by God, I'm not saying by your video games. I'm not saying being recharged by having a movie night. I'm not saying going in the, the forest for a walk so that you can see the pretty birds. I'm saying if you are not taking time to spend with God in between ministry, in between your ability, even being around people, then you are missing the example of Jesus. And Jesus shows us the example because we need a recharge. Because when our cup gets poured out and you are operating on empty, guess what is happening? No one else is receiving anything, even though you're saying you're pouring things out. Everybody else is like, why doesn't it taste like, why doesn't it feel like I'm getting hydrated from this drink that you're pouring out? And it's because you have nothing left to give. 
because you're not spending the off times in your prayer closet with God. Because you are not retracting away from whatever it is and saying, Lord, how is it that you will use me next? What is the next thing, God, that you have for me? Is it this season? Is it that season? Lord, I just did this this incredible walk with you, Father, and seeing people healed and seeing demons come out. But Father, I realized the next season might look differently. And the only way I'll know it is if I retract from everyone and I spend some time with you. If I dive deeper with you. You want to be empowered? You want to stop living a purposeless, powerless life? Then spend time with God getting powered up. Because guess what? (laughs) He's reigning superstars all day long. We're just not in a place to receive them. We're too stuck and focused on other things. We walk through life and sometimes being a Christian, you know, doing ministry type things and we miss God. But the crowds were searching for him. He was hiding, man. He was looking, he was hiding. They came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, it is necessary for me to proclaim the good news about the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because I was sent for this purpose. Jesus has given you your your purpose throughout the scripture verses. You might be a doctor. You might be a, you know, a convenience store worker. You might be a, a, a nail tech. You might be whatever you are in life. It doesn't matter. That is not your, your, your all foregone purpose. Your true purpose is to go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news. And you've been given authority to do so. And what that preaching might look like doesn't necessarily mean you sitting on a soapbox in some corner, but it might be you taking out a friend a coffee and it's just expressing your love to them and showing them, you know, that there's a better life. And your ability to go in and start to preach the gospel might look different. You might be in a place where, you know, you feel sad all the time and you can't really get out of your house much and you're, you're, you're facing some demons and battles yourself. And maybe your first step is to start to reacclimate and allow community to lift you up. One of our values here at, at God Squad Church is to discover your purpose. And I'm not doing that because I'm just like, want you to be motivated. Like, oh, okay, just go discover your purpose, guys. No, I want you to be able to take hold of the gifts and everything that God has for you. Because when you live in that purpose, empowered by God, it changes your life. Everything becomes different. Could you imagine your whole life, you've walked around with a thousand pounds on your back and it's just dropped. And you start to pull a Rock Lee, you know, you start to pull a Goku. There's an extreme amount of power in you, Christian. Because you have the Holy Spirit residing in you. In verse 44, and he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Jesus is showing you that this message isn't meant to be stationary. 
This isn't meant for just us in this church. This isn't meant for just those at God Squad Church or your friends you share Discord calls with or maybe just your personal family. This message and the power that Jesus has for you is meant for everyone. That authority, that being marked by the Holy Spirit is something that Jesus desires for all people. And if he would have stayed in Jerusalem and never went out to Judea, the message would have stayed stationary. Right? It would have been like that flag marked in the sands. But that's not what God has. All people. So I've taught you a little bit today about what it looks like to live a powerless, defeated life. And not because you can have some power to wield the way you want to, but because that power in you is used to glorify God. That power in you is used to put love onto others so that they can be released from their shackles and their chains and live in freedom. We have the ability to walk in an even greater power and authority than this. In John 14, 18, 18 through 26, it says, I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. And on that day, you will know that I am in my Father. You are in me and I am in you. And the one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and reveal myself to him. Judas, not a scar, had said to him, Lord, how is it going to reveal yourself to How are you going to reveal yourself to us and not in the world? In verse 23, Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. And the one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. The word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind me, remind you of everything I have told you. You have the Holy Spirit living within you. You have the ability to commune with God. And honestly... You're like a rechargeable battery. And if you're not being recharged by God, you're useless. It's so important to understand where all of our source comes from, right? Like, where is the source? If you were living in a community where, you know, you had to travel for water, you would need to understand where that source of water was. You have to understand where your source of power comes from to be able to defeat the day-to-day. -day. You know, that's a whole conversation talking about how once I can finally free, free myself in this situation, I can't free myself, but God can free me in my situation. How only then can I finally start to walk in the authority and power to help others? You need to find that source. And that source is God. And that source comes from the same thing I will tell you guys week in and week out. It comes from reading your Bible, opening up your YouVersion app, 
or your physical Bible and reading and understanding and digesting the good things of Jesus. The good things that the word of God brings. And it comes from prayer. Not simple, hey Lord, I'm thankful for today and then walking around your day. But it comes from a time spent with God. And guess what? Like the time matters. Because the time you invest in that relationship will be tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold, a millionfold turned into your life as you're walking through. Now, if the Lord sent the Holy Spirit to us and we have been granted power through him, what is our duty? Because with the power and authority comes an immeasurable amount of responsibility. I know everybody likes the, the quote. I think it's from Spider-Man. With great power comes great responsibility. But it's true. There's an immeasurable amount of responsibility you have because you have been granted power with God. Like you have... You have the responsibility to steward, to take care of well what you're given. And we see that throughout the Bible and parables. Like the Lord expects what he has given to you to be used well. So the question I'm proposing today is, what are you doing with the power God has given you? What are you doing with the authority and the power that God has given you? Are you speaking words of life over people? Are you praying for people to get healed? Are you walking in the authority you have been given? Or are you squandering the gifts that the Lord has given you? Are you praying for people to come to know him? Are you walking in the love uh, of the love of Christ in, in, in your walks with your brothers and your sisters? With your neighbors, with your friend, with that coffee barista? Like, what are you doing with the power that you've been given? The responsibility that you have? Are you stewarding, taking care of that power you walk in? When you chase that superstar in Mario, you're not just waiting there for the time to run out. Like, you're after that thing. You're running as fast as you can to get to the fullness of your ability. But God's giving you the IRL power-up. So why are you standing still when the star is passing you by? He's given you the power. You've, 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 you've caught the superstar. And it's glowing and flashing all around you. And you're just kind of like standing there with it. It's interesting because this entire scripture verse is boiled down to showing Jesus' lordship too. It's the stamped of approval of his ability. It's a stamp of approval that he is the Messiah from God. 
every time that he extends his hand over the sick or delivers someone that's been tormented, it's another brick laid in the foundation that he is who he says he is. It's every time he has to silent the demons from speaking that he is the Messiah, that he's solidifying the fact that he is Lord. And he wants to be the Lord of your life. Because he created you. And he wants to love you simply because you're his. To walk in the power and authority of God, you have to submit to and move in obedience to Him. It is only through the power of the Holy Spirit that will teach you and remind you of these things, as we saw in John. Jesus is Lord, and you're loved simply because you're His. And you're a child of God. And that power-up is literally living within you. You don't even have to chase it. That superstar has landed on you simply because you're his. But what are you going to do with it? Because no matter what, just like that superstar in Mario eventually runs out, eventually our time on earth is going to run out. And we're going to be held accountable to what we did or what we didn't do. So what are you doing? God's marked you as a superstar. And you have that living within you. You've been given that authority and that power. And I pray that today's sermon allows you to be released into using that for his kingdom and for his glory. And it's pushed you out the door of your safe zone, of your comfort zone. Because there's a world of people that need freedom. That don't understand the love of God like you do. And there's so many of you that need to walk in that freedom. Because God freed you and you just keep walking back to the chains. The greatest power up comes in you starting and growing in a deeper relationship with God. If you're here today and you have never, ever said, I would love to come to know this Jesus. And I've been searching for a long time. In a few minutes, when Pastor Boz gets on screen, he's going to walk you through that ability. It's not this super fantastical, uh, you know, weird thing. It's really simple, but it is a cost. And that's a submission and obedience to Jesus. Once again, the greatest power up comes in you starting and growing in a deeper relationship with God. And the truth is, is you decide if you level up. No one's told you they love you today. I love you with my whole heart. Love you guys. What an amazing, amazing message that TJ just gave to us. Um, he just gave a challenge. 
He just gave a challenge to each and every one of you. Those of you that do know Jesus Christ, talking about are you walking in the authority that he has given you, that he has given you, and what does that look like in your life? Are you praying for other people? Are you, are, are, are you thinking about healing? Are, are, you, are, you, are you reading the word of God? Are you, are you really getting into a deep connection with God? Are you recharging your battery? Multiple challenges that he gave us and, and myself today, because I know there's a lot of times that I get caught up in the everyday life and I'm not always recharging my battery the way that I need to, where I, I get alone with God. And I truly coming into a great connection with him on a daily basis, not just doing it every once in a while, not doing it once a week or once a month, but truly doing it every single day. But then he gave a challenge to some of you that maybe you don't know Jesus Christ. You don't know him as your Lord and Savior. And as he said, it's a free gift that we can, that we can choose. But like he said, it, it comes at a cost as well. There's a lot of sacrifice that comes with it. But I want to tell you this, coming to know Jesus Christ, yes, there is a cost. Yes, there, there is a sacrifice, but it is the most fulfilling life that you can ever, ever have. And so we want to give you an opportunity today to come to know Jesus Christ for the first time. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And listen, this prayer is not the thing that saves you, okay? It's not just that you say this prayer and that's it, like that. that but it's something tangible that you can use that later in your life, maybe you're going through some doubt. Maybe you're going through a trial. Maybe you feel like you've slipped away for a little while and you're just like, did I really actually make that decision to come to know Jesus Christ? That's a, that's a real thing that happens with people. And you can look back on that day and say, you know what? I remember not just this prayer that I said, but I remember committing my life in obedience and sacrifice and service to God. I remember accepting Jesus Christ into my life. Because listen, earlier today, we celebrated the death and resurrection of Jesus. And the reason why we celebrate it is because when we come to accept Jesus Christ into our hearts, everything that we've done, all the baggage that we carry, the sin, the guilt, the shame that is in our lives, is wiped away it's wiped clean the weight that you carry is now gone it's a sense of freedom you are no longer entangled and chained by sin and by death but you are set free because of the blood of jesus christ and what he did for you on the cross and through his resurrection and so we want to give you an opportunity today if you've never come to know Jesus Christ or maybe maybe you've been slipping away for a little while and you're like, you know what? I haven't been living in the power and the authority that God has given me and I need to be doing that. And you've, you've been really straying far off that path and you haven't been living your life for God. We want to give you the ability as well to come back and to rededicate your life to Jesus as well. And so if you want to give your life to Jesus for the first time today, or if you want to rededicate your life, what I would ask you to do is repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I come before you right now. I believe that your son, Jesus, that he died on the cross and that he rose from the dead. And right now, God, I receive your mercy, your grace, 
and your salvation. And Jesus, I commit my life to you. I ask you to come and live inside of my heart. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up for those people right now that are accepting Jesus Christ for the first time in their lives? Hey, we want to congratulate you and we want to celebrate with you. That is absolutely amazing. If you did make that decision for the first time today, hey, like I said, we want to celebrate with you and we want to connect with you as well because this is not the end of something, but this is the beginning of something brand new, a new journey that you are on in your life. But it can be a confusing journey at times. And really when you start, maybe you're saying right now, I don't know exactly what to do. And so what I would ask you to do if you made that decision today is to type exclamation point connect in the chat. This is going to give us an ability to be able to connect with you. If you fill out that form, we ask you to fill it out so that we can connect with you give you some resources because like i said you might have some questions How, what is it, you just talked about praying what, what does that look like hey you just talk about reading the bible every day the bible is really big i don't know where to start we want to be able to answer those questions walk through this journey with you and be able to help you because that is something it, it, it's a process it's a process that all of us are on and we want to be able to take you through that process with us as well and so congratulations to those of you that have just accepted jesus christ into your life that is absolutely absolutely amazing and guys we got a couple more things that we do need to do today um one thing that we do every single week here at God Squad Church is we have a time of offering and giving. And hey, I want you to know if if you've uh, if this is your first time here, you've never been here before. Hey, we want everything for you. We we don't want anything from you. But if you call God Squad Church your home church, or maybe you feel the calling on your heart right now that God is tugging at your heart and saying, "Hey, this is this is a, a ministry that that is for me, for my kingdom, and I'm asking you to give." You know, I would ask you to be faithful to what God is telling you in your heart. And like I said, if you call God Squad Church your home church, this is where you're receiving. Uh, you know, I believe that it is a form of worship. I believe that God does ask us to give and to give generously as well. The Bible speaks about giving generously, sacrificing. Sacrifice sometimes hurts, you know. Actually, I would say 100% of the time that sacrifice hurts. But really, something that I do in, in a normal practice in my life is to get on my hands and knees and ask God, what is, what is it that you want me to give? Me and my wife, we do it together because, you know, that that's something that we believe in. We believe that giving is something that God has asked us to do. It's a form of worship. It's a form of faith in our lives and believing that when we are giving that God is going to continue to provide for us and his word actually promises that he is going to continue providing for you when you are giving. And so, hey, I want to thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity for giving here at God Squad Church. And, it, you know, if, if you do want to give here today, uh, what I would ask you to do, you can type exclamation point give in the chat that will give multiple different ways that you can give here at God Squad Church. But I'll lead you through those things as well, because there are multiple safe and secure ways you can give. You can go into the panels below. You can click on the give link that will allow you to give through PayPal. You can also go to GodSquadChurch.com at the type right hand corner. It's going to say give. And when you click on that, it will allow you to be able to give recurrent 
recurring, whether it's monthly or weekly, or even a one-time donation if that's what you feel that you want to do currently right now. And then finally, if you are a U.S. resident, you can use text to give and all you do is you text any amount to number 84321. Now, the first time you do it, it's going to lead you through a short sign-up process that takes about 30 seconds to a minute. But once you do that, all you do, once again, is you just type any amount to number 84321. But I want to thank you once again for your generosity and your faithfulness because, because of your giving, everything that we do here at God Squad Church, we can continue to do our day-to-day operations. We can continue to run different events like SquadCon. We can continue to do XP groups to our small groups. Everything that we do here is because of your faithfulness and generosity and your support. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts.